Right, we're going to try to answer a question that I have heard from so many people, and that is, what is Bitcoin? Yeah. How does cryptocurrency work? Yeah. What's I, going on? How can I change $12 into $2 million? Right. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. I need to know. Well, <laughs> M- Maria Bustillos may or may not be able to tell you that, okay. but she's the founding editor of At Brickhouse Coop and At Popula and at CGR, public editor for uh, MSNBC as well. Uh, and she joins us on the program. Hi, Maria. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. If you can answer this question, you will have done uh, uh, us Luddites a great service because <laughs> most of us don't know anything more than this is something that we just don't understand. So starting from the beginning, First of all, is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency even the same thing, or is cryptocurrency the umbrella and Bitcoin a, a, a version of it? Yeah, Bitcoin is a kind of cryptocurrency. And okay. uh, what, what cryptocurrency is the first one, and it started in 2009, and it is basically a record-keeping system. That's kind of all it is. A record-keeping system. So most of us would not call currency like dollar bills record keeping system so how, how why is it called a currency why wouldn't you it is a record keeping system if you have a dollar uh you know that entitles you to participate in like a record keeping system like you you give the dollar to you know, somebody at the supermarket and they give you a can of Coke and then they put that in the bank and this is all being counted and and uh, sort of stored all this information that's going back and forth every single second by computers all over the world. And all that cryptocurrency is is a more transparent and uh, less corruptible way of keeping the same kinds of records. Right. So so I've, I've heard that many times uh, about uh, the transparency, the fairness of a cryptocurrency, particularly for poor populations in different countries in the world. Explain why cryptocurrency would be more fair than the dollar. Well, I, this is where I differ with a lot of people saying, you know, that it it's automatically going to be fairer because we've seen a lot of chicanery around cryptocurrency as it developed, no. you know, uh, getting fiat, which is like the word for regular money, is fiat currency, like the government's guarantee, um, you know, getting in and out uh, from fiat to cryptocurrency is very tricky even today. And there's been a lot of thieving and exchanges have failed and stuff. But as far as the actual underlying records, anybody can look at them. Like the thing that makes cryptocurrency different from ordinary, like the banking system, it distinguishes it is um, from the beginning, you or I or anybody could buy a computer and download the Bitcoin software and start operating it, and even more importantly than that, see and have a copy of a ledger of every single transaction that ever occurred in the Bitcoin system. So you could okay, find well, why out. Would I, why would I want that? Well, let's say that you, uh, you wanted to pay someone, and there's an abs- you have an absolute guarantee, and so does the other person that you've done that. Like if I send you a Bitcoin and I know your Bitcoin address and you know mine, it's 100% certain that it happened. Well, isn't it 100% certain that it happened if I hand you a dollar and you take yes. it? Yeah, but if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Singapore, you can't do that. But this way okay. you can. 
Okay. Now, is there a exchange rate for yes. dollars to bitcoins or to cryptocurrency? And how does that yeah. work? Yeah. It started out as like, you know, you could buy thousands of bitcoins for a few dollars and like now they cost today's price I think is about 36,000. Um and the way it works is the way it works for any other store of value like, you know, a piece of gold or whatever you want to name, you know, there's a the relationship between regular fiat currencies and any other asset, uh, you know, changes on a market and anybody can buy or sell these things. And so they be have become valuable for any number of reasons. People want to use them to guarantee transactions. People want to use them to diversify their investment portfolios. They want to, uh, you know, they hope for an increase in the value. A lot of people who invested early made a lot of money on it. And that's kind of what got it so much attention. So, but, okay, uh, so what you're describing it sounds a lot like a stock. A stock can go up in value. People want to hold them, build their portfolios, hope that they go up and all the rest of it. So is there a limited amount of Bitcoin? Because, you know, the reason that stocks go up is that there's a there's a certain amount of shares outstanding for, you know, a particular company or whatever. And if somebody wants that share badly enough, they'll bid you know, two dollars for it when someone else bids one dollar, and then they get it for two dollars, and someone else wants it really badly. They bid three dollars, and you can sell, and then the price of the stock goes up. But does Bitcoin follow a similar kind of thing? Like, there are, are there only so many bits of Bitcoin, so to speak, and that's what makes them valuable for someone to own them? Partly, there's only I think the total number is twenty-one million bitcoins that will only—that's all that will ever be issued. And I think the last one will be issued. I think in—I want to say twenty-one oh four or something like that, or twenty-one forty. I can't remember. But it—they—they're issued, you know, by the software itself, which is uh, held on you know tens of thousands of computers around the world, and uh, it, the, the software itself generates them at a at a at a slowing rate. You know, they started out, I think it was 50 every 10 minutes, and, and now I think it's down to 12 and a half. And uh, the different members of the uh, the mining pools of the Bitcoin miners, which is all these thousands of computers, keep track of all the transactions, copy them all, have all the same information copied onto this ledger so that anybody can look at them at any time. And in exchange for keeping those records and, and doing those uh, sort of there's sort of a computational race that guarantees the authenticity of the information they record, then they get a reward, and they also get rewards for you know uh, the the miners get rewards for transaction fees, and eventually right, that will be the I'm, only I'm, thing. You're going off the rails on me, Maria. <laughs> Sorry, too, too deep, too deep. <laughs> Let's go back to some basic stuff here. Can you buy a car with Bitcoin? Yes, not for okay. anybody. How would you how would you do it? You could only buy it from someone who wanted to be paid in Bitcoin? Yes. I mean, I have a I have a Bitcoin wallet. You can send me some and you can open a Bitcoin wallet fairly easily. It it'll take you an hour. Uh-huh. And then I have so I've opened a Bitcoin wallet. I still have to buy some Bitcoin, right? I could just send you some. But you'd need you money in return, right? Maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe somebody would like to give you some because you want to 
you're going to, in exchange for something that, that you're going to give them, like you say, to, I'll write something for you, and then I'll say, yeah, I'll send you some Bitcoin. Okay. So you st there's still an exchange Barter of goods, goods or services mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. So then you have some Bitcoin. So then you say, okay, I've got, what is the measure of Bitcoin? I, they're like they're divisible to a very 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 tiny amount. A satoshi, I think, is like a millionth of a bitcoin. But okay. you could make them smaller still. But I mean, do you, do people in the bitcoin world say I've got a bitcoin? I've got two bitcoin? I've got ten bitcoin? Is that even a common phrase? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's say I've got two bitcoin, okay. and I want to go buy a car. Uh, how do I know what the price is in bitcoin? <sighs> Well, you like it's like anything else, right? Like the whole world is a garage sale. You just decide with the seller what you're willing to part with, and they decide what they're going to give you, and you have to, you know, negotiate. Hmm. Is there just a like physical the Bitcoin? Is there a physical thing? Is this all paper and stock and like that? Is there actually physical Bitcoin? No, there is not. Okay, hmm. that's And what is the difference between Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies? It was the earliest and the most uh, the most widely distributed for a really long time. And um, the many different cryptocurrencies, there's like several thousand that have come, and, and some of them have failed since Bitcoin started already, um, that operate on all kinds of different rules than Bitcoin does. Hmm. Wouldn't that so each one is its own sort of ecosystem, right? If you're going to deal in, I don't know, you know, Maria coin, then you're going to have to live in that Maria coin world. You can't exchange Maria coin for Bitcoin, right? If you go on one of the big exchanges like Coinbase, unfortunately, Maria coin isn't listed, but there's like a whole bunch of them that are, and you can trade and swap and, you know, do financing. It's just gotten incredibly hmm. sophisticated. Hmm. It's a little bit like uh, exchanging a dollar for a yen or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And why do we hear about such wild fluctuations of the value? Why don't we hear like somebody put in $2,000 and now they have $146,000, but then two days later it dropped by a half? What, what, is, what causes such wide swings in the value of Bitcoin? This technology is revolutionizing finance, and it's kind of like the internet when it first started. And people were thinking, oh, this is crazy. It's these wild claims that are be being made about the internet that you'd be reading all your news on it and doing your banking on it. Nobody believed that at first. But it was true, and there were a lot of people investing in it, and it, there were these really shocking valuations for early internet stocks, like nobody could believe what happened to Amazon, a tiny company when it started. And this is very similar. The kinds of roller coaster moves that we're seeing is kind of the um, the attempt of uh, global finance and you know the, the sort of information world to adjust to this this big change. Do you feel that eventually it will replace hard currency? No, I hope not. I don't think so. Um, I think people are going to want to have private transactions in specie. I, I hope a thousand flowers will bloom and it will be possible for people to transact in whatever way is best to them. And it increases their um, sort of freedom to transact with each other how they see fit. 
Well, I've learned more in the last 10 minutes than I've learned in the last <laughs> two years, so thank you for that, Maria. You're yes. pretty good yes. at explaining it. I still wouldn't know where to go uh, to get a Bitcoin or to start in Bitcoin, Big but fell. you're saying a Bitcoin wallet that I can the download. The easiest place that I think is the safest, Coinbase. And I have nothing to do with them in no particular uh, sort of axe to grind, but it's... Um, the largest exchange, it's, you know, United States citizens can use it, which isn't true of all of them, and it's fairly safe. So Coinbase. I worry about people just getting started and not, not having, like, some protection yet, but right. I would check out Coinbase. Is that Coinbase.com or? Mm -hmm. Okay. Coinbase. All right, and they can find more about you and, and the things that you do at Brickhouse Coop. Popula, as CJR, and uh, public editor for MSNBC as well. Thank you, Maria. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the clarity. I, I have a better understanding of this. Thank you very, Anytime. very much.